Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. man in this message we have been discovering that the spirit man what the spirit man is and how it relates to the work of grace in our lives in order that we may walk in community with the heavenly father so let's just do a a brief recap for one quick second uh, for the sake of time we're not going to be long i probably won't even cover many of this so uh, let's go to the body real quick the body, it is through the physical body that man comes into contact with the physical world, term world consciousness. Let's go to the soul. The soul, ladies and gentlemen, comprises of our intellect, which aids us in the present state of our existence and the emotion that proceed from the senses, termed self-consciousness. Now, as we've been talking about, the soul is the medium between the body and the spirit, okay? And so the soul comprises of our intellect. It comprises of our personality. All of that is in the soul. And so the soul, therefore, stands between the spirit and the body, binding the two together. And the spirit and the body, uh, excuse me, the spirit can subdue the body through the medium of the spirit so that it will obey God. Likewise, the body through the soul can draw the spirit into the loving world. Uh, into loving the world excuse me now let's deal with the spirit man say i have a spirit man i am not dualistic but i consist of three parts that's the soul the body and the spirit man so let's go into talking about i'm going to talk really quickly and i'm probably going to get into a couple of them let's talk about living by my spiritual senses Living by my spiritual senses here in this natural, here in the natural world, okay? Um, There's a reason why your spirit man needs to be awakened. There's a reason why your spirit man has to be made alive. Why does your spirit man need to be made alive? So that you will no longer be under control of the, uh, under control of your body and soul that is your flesh, Amen. But you'll be ruled by the spirit man, which where your is where the Holy Spirit resides. As I've been telling you, God does not communicate with your soul or body. Some people confuse the soul with the spirit, that they're two different things. Your spirit man is the part of you that is able to connect with God. When the when Adam experienced death, that spiritual death is the death, the, the disconnect, the separation between spirits. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a separation between spirits, meaning that our spirit man now became dead, that it can no longer receive from God. Now it's now you're ran by your soul and your body that has dominion because your your spirit man is dead. All of us, when we were born into this world, your spirit man was dead and he needed to be alive through Christ. It said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. What is he talking about? That quickening is that the spirit man becomes alive. Amen. 
So with your spirit man being alive, there's a way of how you can navigate now in this, in this world, this seen world, this material world. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, that we're, that, and, 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 and it allows us to see things not only from what they are, but what they're not, if that makes sense. Because not everything that appeals to your sight is what it really is. The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 how we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and heavenly places. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a seen realm and then there's an unseen realm. There's a material realm and then there's the immaterial realm. That's just as real as what you see now. Does that make sense? So everything, ladies and gentlemen, is not just uh, uh, it is what it is. Like there's certain people because of whatever their soul is in bondage or in control to, uh, ladies and gentlemen, are, uh, can sometimes be led by another spirit that may be controlling that individual's behavior. And that's what we need to understand. So let's get into our five senses. We talk about our five senses. Do you know what they are? We know the sight, you know, hearing, touch, taste, smell. So... Ladies and gentlemen, when we become awakened in Christ, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the spirit man, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, is able to work in part with our natural man in the sense of in in our senses. Uh, What I mean by that is that now our spiritual senses should heighten our natural senses. All right. That that our spiritual senses should uh, uh, should intensify our natural senses. All right. And so let's talk a little bit about it. Hopefully you've discovered something today. All right. Let's start with the first one called sight. Now, sight, the spiritual sense of sight draws a believer to grow in the ability to see life from an eternal perspective and to evaluate experiences according to God's purposes and priorities. This is what we see as living or discerning the way God sees things. When the Bible says in Philippians, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, we're saying that when the Holy Spirit resides in the spirit of man, what happens is, is that it's intuition. His intuition is now inuating through our lives. This intuition is what we call spiritual discernment. It is the ability to see things and perceive things in God's point of view. We can do that because we have the perspective of God. Amen. And so if you have the perspective of God, now I can see in a clear thing. Now, let me help you understand this. Before Christ, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said the ruler of this world has blinded individuals of the truth of the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, most people don't realize that they're really blind spiritually. Though they may be, they be able to see in the natural, they're blind spiritually. Because they're blinded to the truth of who God is. And so their sight, ladies and gentlemen, is not able to perceive in the way of which God sees things. They only perceive things through their world consciousness and their soul consciousness. They only can perceive things based upon natural events. Based upon what's all going down in their lives. I don't know why I'm getting choked up. But see, we can only perceive things from our natural thing. And so when we don't have proper sight, ladies and gentlemen, you know what begins to happen? Thank you, sir. 
what begins to happen is, is that we'll see circumstances based upon all things going bad, but we don't see what God is doing in it. Spiritual sight allows you to see where God is at all times and to perceive things the way God would perceive them. Some people may call you crazy when we say faith and we walk by faith, not by sight. We understand this, that our spiritual sight, ladies and gentlemen, is us walking by faith. All right. Our spiritual sight allows us to walk by faith because we're not only walking by the things that are seen, but also unseen. So what is it saying? What of our what are so our sight draws us on what is 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 God's purposes. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Hey guys, it's Bumi here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, and I need you to go ahead and download our TCF Church app. Per usual, you can catch our sermons, inspirational messages, and updates. But we have something new, our community circle chat. Feel free to go ahead and start engaging with us in the app in real time. And of course, you can still find it in the Google Play Store and the App Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. Let's read it all together. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Verse 18. So what is Paul praying? He's saying that the eyes of who? Your understanding be what? Enlightened. Your eyes have to be enlightened. Let's put it like this. I, I, one of my favorite um, things that went down in the Bible or events that went down in the Bible is when Elisha had a servant. And Elisha, ladies and gentlemen, his servant looked like to or the natural eye that they were in trouble. Yeah. The servant goes out there and say, wow, there's a whole army encamped around us. Yeah, yeah. Elisha's chilling because he can see. Elisha knows he, he can see. Yeah, yeah. But what Elisha does is praise that his servant can see. Yeah, he yeah. says, Lord, open his eyes that he may be able to see that there's more for us than it is against us. Yeah. Elisha's servant goes out and he sees a whole army of heaven's hosts yeah. surrounded around the army that's surrounding them. What does spiritual sight allows us to do? It can allow us to see what's going on in the heavenlies. Yeah, yeah. You see, the problem is, is that we don't have enough seers. You know, uh, uh, in the, we don't have enough seers. We, 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 we're, we're, we're sleep, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to be able to, the Bible talks about when, when Jesus was getting on them about them falling asleep. You know what I mean? It's because they're not watching. The problem, you know why we fall into temptation? Because we're not watching. You're not seeing. Ladies and gentlemen, God is telling us you got to open your eyes and see. You know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you say hindsight is 50-50 or whatever like that, or 20-20. The reality is, is that it becomes, hindsight becomes 20-20 for us because we're not able to see what God is doing in the moment. But if your eyes get open to say, okay, maybe let me perceive what's going on here. Why would God decide to move me from here to there? Why is he doing this? What is going on? 
you begin to understand. That's why I say it's important for you to track your history with God. You got to track your history with God because it's tracking your history with God. It keeps you in continual obedience. Because you got to see how God begins to move in your life to know how he works. Because, okay, all right, he's moving me from this position to that position. There's a reason. Maybe that business about to close down. You mad that they got shut down. That, that you, you mad that you got laid off, but you don't understand that that layoff helped you to do something else. See, we don't, we don't always understand it. In the moment, it sucks. But you don't see the whole thing. You got to let God draw that whole picture out for us. Because I don't understand some of these moves. I'm like, God, why would you bring us here from this time? It's the same thing like God said five years, we ain't moving until after five years at the gathering place, and God move us here, right? Yeah. And so why did then then when you move out of the gathering, when we moved out of the gathering place, and then I heard what was going on at that place, and I said, Wow, there was a reason why God told us to move at the time that He did. Because you don't understand what you're being spared from. You don't realize there are certain things that God is sparing you from, and He's called and He and He causes things to happen at such a fast pace because you don't know what you're avoiding. You don't know what you're avoiding, but if you don't see it that way, you'll see that God is against you, not for you. A lot of times, people feel they see God as against them and not for them because they're blind. They're blind. You don't see how God is doing certain things. If you're not able to perceive it from the eye, then, ladies and gentlemen, you will be blinded to what God is really doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You have to understand that you have to see things the way God sees them. Sometimes we count loss, and God don't count certain things as a loss. He actually, he, he actually counts it as, as, as everything, everything is not a loss. You have to realize that even if it does count as a loss, you have to understand that in the kingdom, sometimes a loss acts as a gain. (laughs) Paul said, for me to lose my life is gain. Either way you look at it, I'm gaining. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so your eyes have to be open. You cannot be blinded. The problem with the reason why people feel as though we were watching, we went to watch the Gardens of the Galaxy yesterday, right? And one of the things I got out of watching that movie is the person, the the little nemesis or the little arch rival at the end was talking about he created a, he created a counter uh, thing because there ain't no God. That's why I created this, right? He created this. And so, this is, this is the funny thing about that I get out of this, right? Oh, spoiler alert. I mean, I'm not telling you the whole thing, but I should have put that on there. But anyway, listen. My point that I'm getting to is this. Is that sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why so much chaos don't go on because people are blinded that people are actually evil in, in nature. And people don't want to believe that. The gospel puts a mirror to you and tells you you are born and shaped in knowing how to do bad. You are. I don't care how you look at it. All of us in this room were shaped to do bad. But the gospel opens our eyes to the fact that, wow, I am bad. But God is what makes me good. And the heart of God makes me good. 
He has to change my heart. All right? So that's sight. Let's go to hearing. I got to kind of move a little quicker. So hearing, ladies and gentlemen, is, is this, there is a natural hearing that takes place when we listen. But spiritual listening is the ability to listen deeply. To hear with the ears of your heart, it is a deep hearing of God's voice. Let's go to um, Matthew, uh, excuse me, Revelation chapter 3, verse 22. This is the words of Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to who? The churches. This is in Paul, this is in Jesus' writings to the different churches and his problems with them. But he says, he who has an ear, let him really hear what I'm trying to tell you through the Spirit. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, some of us may have a problem of really listening and not really listen deeply to what God is saying. Some of us, we're, our ears are only stay surface to the things of God and not to the deep things. There's certain things that God is trying to get across to you, but you're not listening. And then you're always praying that God tell me this, but I'm telling you it, but you're not listening. It's one thing to hear something. It's another thing to listen. Yes, we, we can naturally be good listeners and stuff like that, but there are certain truths that God will say that if you really listen closely and really lean your ear into, there's something that he's trying to get across to you. Right. Have you ever heard this still, small voice talk to you multiple times and you thought it was you? Yeah. Huh? Have you ever heard that? If you ever heard that still small voice and you heard it very, it, it depends on how God speaks to you. But if you ever heard that still small voice that sound like you, but ain't really you, that's the spirit man trying to tell you. That's the spirit trying to tell something to your spirit that's right. and trying to communicate it to your soul that's right. That's right. to listen. listen. Ladies and gentlemen, you try to figure out where that thought comes from and it wasn't you. It's the spirit and your spirit man trying to communicate with you. I'm really teaching you how do you hear from God if you're listening. He who has an ear. When you hear certain things multiple times and then God uses different vessels to tell you something, there's something that God really wants to get through to you if you listen. Now, God is not going to continue to try to say the same thing over and over and you're not going to listen. Because after a while, he'll leave you to your own device. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So, ladies and gentlemen, if your ear is really inclined to God's ear, it's to be able to be able to shift at any given moment when God is speaking to you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. For example, ladies and gentlemen, we have in, in the book of Acts, we have different situations that pop up. There was one time God spoke to Paul telling him, hey, don't go down there. I want you to go here. That's Shifting certain things if you just listen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you now, the people of God need to be very sharp in what you're hearing in the decade and era that we're living in. Let me help you understand something. Let me tell you this. I will not have an ignorant church. You will not be ignorant to what's going on. Let me tell you something. If your ear not inclined to how God needs to shape the, the shift you in what we're in, in, in now, there is an era that's upon us. Artificial intelligence is here. It is not coming. It's here. By 2030 or 2050, they're talking about some in our, in our minority groups may not have a, a GDP of anything. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? 
I'm telling you by 2030, you will see artificial intelligence influencing a lot of different places. Let me give you an example. In, our, in growing up, ladies and gentlemen, your first job could be a market job. Well, Bagging groceries, yeah. stocking things. Do you not understand, ladies and gentlemen, that those days will soon be gone? Well, mm, help us, Lord. Don't you understand they're doing more self-checkout than you've ever seen? Back in the day, we used to be those people. Now it's self-checkout. Not saying that those jobs won't be there. It's just to be a limited amount. One cashier. I hate that now. Like, come on, man. Don't, don't play me. I think me and you are on the same page, Ryan. Especially in that Target right around the corner from here. <laughs> Get on my nerves. Back to the story. What I'm trying to tell you is you better be inclined of what's going on and what God wants you to do so you continue to, sh the, to move in the environments that we are in. You have to know what to do. Listen, if Noah didn't listen to God, he would have drowned. I'm telling you what I'm about to do. I'm flooding this place. Build an ark. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You need to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. If you don't listen, you will become, you will be in the, you, you will be, you'll, you listen, you want to know what's going to keep you sharp is listening to the discernment of the Lord. If he tells you to shift an industry, you better shift because that industry may not be around. I'm telling you. You better be alert to what's going on. In economics, it's shifting. Everything is shifting. You better be aware to listen to the Lord. If he tells you to invest in something, that might be the most investment you make to set your whole family up. I'm trying to give you these jewels. What I'm telling you is things are changing right in front of us. And if our ears are not hearing what God is trying to say and get through to us, we will be wiped out. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, your ears got to be open and you got to be able to see. Because if you're not able to understand that the Holy, this is, this is natural things of life. The Holy Spirit ain't just telling you deep things about revelatory things about the word of God. He's, he's again, he leads and guides us in all truth. And that not only in the truth of his word, but the truth of what life is. I'm trying to tell you. If he's going to guide you, let him guide you. That's right. That's right. Because that's what's going to continue to keep you above or ahead of the game. That's right. When you got your ears open, let him hear what he's saying to you. If you got it, not only that, but listen to what he's saying about you. If he's saying something about you that you need to correct. Listen, you got to get over your feelings. If you're going to live by the spirit, you can't be in your feelings by living in the spirit. Because you can't be on your you can't be on your high horse when you living by the spirit. You got to be the spirit man. Make you honest. Because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to mess with you. I'm trying to I'm trying to restore and get that soul and body under check to the spirit. So if the spirit is telling you something. You better listen as it pertains to who you are. Because, again, we are constantly being saved. 
Meaning that our, our soul and body and, and our spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is, is being sanctified in who God said we already are. Children of God. All right, let's move. Let's go to smell, Dad. Thank you. This is interesting. Smell, the knowledge of Jesus is a fragrance that clings to us. It is the knowledge of him that is the fragrance. Ladies and gentlemen, you not know that you smell like something. Now, naturally, you can smell like something, too, if you don't take showers, if you don't use the proper deodorant. All right. But we're talking spiritually. We're focused spiritually. We're not focused on your natural smell. But we're talking about spiritually, ladies and gentlemen. What are you smelling like? It gives us discernment to, to be able to smell what's on people. I'm serious. Let's, let's go straight to Bible, because I really feel like you got to pack this up so you can understand what, I'm, what, what we're trying to tell you. Let's go to, uh, <laughs> let's go to 2 Corinthians. Uh, now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through, his, and through us dif uh, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Wow. Where does it say? He says, through who? Through, through who? Us. You. Diffuses the fragrance of what? His knowledge in every place. So who does he want to diffuse his fragrance in? You. And what is the fragrance of? His knowledge. The knowledge of who Jesus should be radiating off of our lives. The smell of who he is should be seen through who? You. Let's go verse 15. Verse 15 says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Christ in Christ, meaning the anointed one. We are the fragrance of the anointed one among those who are being saved. So to those who are being saved. So to the saved folk in the room, we are the fragrance of the anointed. Yeah. Right. We are the fragrance of the anointed to those who are being saved. And among those who are perishing. So not only are we the fragrance of those who are being saved, but we are also the fragrance among those who are not saved, those who are perishing. Don't you know that there are unbelievers can smell that they can they can smell, meaning they can discern that this person, this guy must, or she, he or she must be a believer. That's what they're saying. Let's go to verse 16. To one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Well, to some, we are the aroma of death because they don't want to believe no way. So it's leading them to death. To the other, we are the aroma of life leading to life. To, to some, when they sense that aroma on you, the fragrance of the anointed one, it's going to lead them to life. Come on, come on. To others, ladies and gentlemen, they'll sense that fragrance on you and immediately reject because they're so controlled by their soul and body. They're so consumed, ladies and gentlemen, by their world consciousness. They're so consumed, ladies and gentlemen, by their soul consciousness to the point where it's though, ah, yeah, you, are, you, you serve the God of my oppressors. 
You serve the God of my oppressors. You about your Christianity is the spread of white supremacy. To some ladies and gentlemen, you serve a God that is not that that is that is inclusive, not I mean, excuse me, exclusive, not inclusive. I believe the universe and whatever the universe is, that's what really is. I don't I believe there's multiple gods and we can pick which one that fits me. That's leading to death. Because they smell on you the anointed fragrance of the anointed one. The smell that's on you is the anointed smell. It's the smell of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Verse 17. For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. So we speak in the sight of God, standing in the anointed one. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So you, when you're, when you're in your everyday life, in your everyday living, it ain't just your, your, no, for the ladies, it ain't just your, your, you know, your perfume for the brothers, it ain't just your cologne, you know, that's, you know, if you got the right cologne, it may scare some women off if you don't got the right one, amen? <laughs> but that might not be scaring some people off. What may push people off from you is not even you just being, it's you just being you, but they don't want, but, but it's what they sense from their smell that's yeah. on you. Does that make sense? Uh, let's stay there. <laughs> That's what they sense. Amen. I'm just saying. Let's go to touch. I forgot if I forgot is touch in there. All right. Well, let's let, let's move from touch and feeling. But let me explain touch and feeling. I forgot to put it in there. But touch and feeling, ladies and gentlemen, there is a tangible there's a tangible presence and stuff that we can feel from God. All right. Let me give you an example. Philippians 4. In Philippians 4, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Hear me then. Hear me. Peace is something you can feel. Not only that, but you don't come to Christ. Before I go and expound upon that point, you don't even come to Christ before God touches your heart. Let me give you an example. In 1 Samuel, I believe, in 1 Samuel, I don't know the chapter off my top of my head, but the Bible talks about it was around the anointing of Saul. And the Bible talks about that, uh, that, that, that he touched the hearts touched their hearts, I believe in 1 Samuel chapter 10 or something like that, that he touched the hearts of them because he knew that with Saul being there, he didn't have no kingdom, he didn't come from the He touched their hearts so that these men would stand strong with Saul. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that God, you can, there's the tangible aspect that you can touch and you can actually feel the presence of God. And let me tell you something, and you can feel his peace. Let me, let me help you understand something, right? Here's what doesn't make sense. Let me give you the difference between the natural and the spiritual element real quick. Naturally, we associate peace with the positive things that happens in our lives, right? But in the kingdom of God, there's a peace that surpasses all natural understanding of what peace is. 
because in this kingdom of God, peace is not contingent on everything being positive in your environment. That you can feel the peace of God in chaos and in grief. Let me give you an example. One of the most challenging deaths that we had to experience as a family is the loss of my grandfather. Passing away, transitioning from, from to his eternal reward. Amen? Amen. And so, and that's a blessing. Amen. It's a blessing. Every believer, even though his heart hurts for us, but the blessing is that a soul who's given their life to Christ has now received their eternal reward, right? Yeah. But it's still the loss and the separation that we have to deal with, right? And so, in that, there's a lot of things going on, right? And your mind is traveling all over the place. What is the family going to look like now? How is this da 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 And, you know, he's the patriarch and all of this stuff like that. But guess what? There was a peace yeah. that could not be explained that came upon our family. Yeah. Why was that? It's because our peace is, 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 is something tangible that we can feel right. when God says, I can keep you in perfect peace as long as you keep your mind stayed on me. See, a lot of us are missing out on that particular piece that God gives because your mind is traveling instead of keeping it focused on him. And what happens in chaos is we allow our minds to travel and we don't allow our minds to stay focused on Christ. So you're missing out on the touch and the feeling that God wants to bring you in the midst of he wants to make you he wants you to feel tranquility while everything is going on around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the aspect that we're missing out on. Can I give you one last one? Hello, I'm Vernon Hill Sr., teaching pastor here at TCF. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill. I am the director of Glory Girls. Thank you for watching us today. If you're in need of a church community and you feel the Lord leading you to connect to this ministry, become more than a member. Be a partner. When you partner with TCF, you become an agent of change, assisting the vision and the mission of the church to connect lives of the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We would love to partner in community and do life with you. So come to TCF. We look forward to seeing you. And remember, transformation starts here. I'm going to give you, let's do taste. Actually, I got through this really quickly, actually. Let's go do taste. Um, let's go, let's go Psalm 34. Uh, so did I put Psalm 34? All right, Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste. In the Hebrew word, ladies and gentlemen, what it's talking about is to savor or to experience. God is meant to be experienced. I can experience him. Listen, everybody's like, oh, I can't wait till the by and by. What are you waiting for that for? You can have the place of the presence of God now. The Holy Spirit wants to meet you. God wants to make his home with you now. You practice here so you know what to expect there. But listen, you are missing out on the experience. I can tell you about Jesus all day. He's not meant to be, he's not only just meant to be told about, he's meant to be experienced. You have to experience. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to taste and see for yourself. It's like this. People tell me about this great restaurant. You ought to go there. It should be good. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, I go here and I taste it and I did not see what you saw. Huh? Have you ever had that happen to you? 
Especially with seafood. They tell me, go to Crafty Crab. Oh, Crafty Crab is so good and all that stuff. Listen, listen. Listen, I am team, listen. I am team hook and reel. Amen. Team hook and reel all day. You know, and I'm going to make my PG County folk mad. They talked about this mumbo sauce and all of this stuff. And I'm telling you, I just tell you, I tasted, and all I tasted was sweet and sour sauce. I said, what's up with this? <laughs> uh, you know? I said, what is this? Y'all trying to play me. I got the mic so I can say what I want to say. But I'm saying, I experienced it for myself. You got another experience than what I did. But in my experience, I tasted and I actually saw. But here's the thing. When I taste it, I can't come and taste something based upon a a, a conceived bias. What am I telling you? Because there's people say, I tried. Well, did you? Or did you, did you come with your biases first? Did you come with a preconceived notion? Because a lot of people say, oh, I tried Jesus. No, you didn't because you already had your preconceived notions before you even tried to give Jesus a chance. And if you got already preconceived things about him, you're never going to have, you're not, your hearts will not be open to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you have to experience him. Not only is the idea of taste uh, uh, in the experience of experiencing him, but I want you to get First Peter uh, one, First uh, Peter chapter one and uh, chapter two. Excuse me. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, let's go to verse two. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Verse 3 says, if indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious. That means is that in our encounter of God, you have, should have tasted that he's gracious. Yeah. First of all, the moment that you figure out what, the moment you come in the reality of what salvation is, you can already tell right there how gracious he is. The moment you hear the gospel and realize that you are really deemed for help and really deemed that your heart was really messed up and then somebody really came to save you, you should know that the God is gracious. The moment you realize where you should have been, there should have been certain things that happened in your life and you realize, wait, wait a minute, that was actually the sovereignty of God that I didn't get destroyed in that. When you realize that God is gracious to you and merciful when you and I made decisions based upon our soulish and our flesh realm that led us into destruction and you realize that it's of the Lord's mercies that you are not consumed, something that you should say, I've tasted and I've experienced that graciousness because that right there should have killed me that right there should have been taking me out that right there should have been giving me and, and putting me in a mental institution you should realize that the Lord is gracious the moment you realize that you get chances after another chance and realize that God sometimes even if he does leave me into my devices that's something that he gets me out of it ladies and gentlemen I'm trying to tell you if you really tasted the goodness of God and really tasted of the graciousness of God it's hard for you to throw away the faith (laughs) 
when you have experienced it for yourself then when I talk to people let me tell you well you didn't live long you haven't experienced it yet because there are certain things that it, it, it just take, takes your praise to a whole nother level it takes your worship to a whole nother level when you experience the countless mercies of God and you realize who am me who am I that you are mindful of little old me that you would even consider me a friend that God has even been faithful when I've been unfaithful that he's been faithful even when I stepped out on him realizing this that God is faithful and that's just who he is when you taste of that graciousness I'm trying to tell you, you got to encounter God for yourself. I can't encounter God based upon my grandparents and my parents because a lot of people think their, their, their religion is based upon their parents bringing in the church or their grandparents bringing in the church. That didn't save your soul. And that's why when you got the chance to do what you wanted to do, you got out there on your own. Why? Because you never encountered Jesus for yourself. You can sit in church from one to all the way to 50 and still Ladies and gentlemen, don't encounter Jesus because your eyes ain't been open. Your heart ain't been open. And when your heart gets open to who Jesus is and you experience it for yourself, that makes you live on a whole different level. What am I trying to tell you? You got to taste it for yourself. I can tell you it's good. But if you don't sit at the table for yourself, you will never know. Hallelujah. To those of you who tasted the graces of God, I dare you to give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say it hits different when you taste it yourself. It hits a whole lot different when you know what you know and you know where you came from and you know what it could have happened to you when you realize the graciousness of God, how he's kept you from danger seen and unseen. There's something that hits different. I shout hallelujah. My God in here. It hits different when you know for yourself. Listen. Listen. I don't care what nobody say. They talk about, well, I don't believe that they were never with us, even when people genuinely gave their life to Christ. Let me tell you something. Just because you're at the table don't mean you ate. You can be around the table, but that don't mean you ain't. Oh, glory. What I'm trying to tell you, if you ain't and you didn't see the goodness of God. Listen, I was on TikTok one time and they said, yeah, I read the word. And all I saw was a God that brought mass murders. All I saw was a God that did. And I was like, well, then you didn't read then. Because you didn't realize that before he brought judgment, his mercy kept him. No, let me, let me tell you something. God gave people a hundred years before the, even the rain came to flood. Oh, my God, in the days of Noah. And guess what? The reason why. Jesus ain't came back yet. It's not because it's not time. Because in the prophetic landscape, he can come back today. But guess why he ain't come back? He wouldn't let one. He's not trying to let one kid away. It's the mercy of God. 
So therefore, that makes him a righteous judge. Why? Because you can't sit in front of God on that day of judgment and tell him you did not know. And guess what? God ain't going to care about what your mother did to you. God ain't going to care about what didn't go wrong in your family. Because guess what? You got to go through a lot for you to send yourself to hell. You got to climb over the mercy of God. You got to climb over the grace of God. You got to climb over the sovereignty to send yourself there. Shia. You want the truth, here's the truth. And this ain't nothing but the truth. You gotta do a lot to send yourself to hell. Talking about if he's a merciful God, why he send people to hell? He don't send nobody there. You go there because your own rebellion, because you're living by your own soul and your own flesh. Just because you at the table don't mean you ate. Because uh, if you really tasted at the Lord's table, something about it would just be different. The food hit a little different in the Lord's table. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I can preach with this conviction because I sat at the table and I ate for myself and I if he said I'm the head and not the tail, I hate that up. If he said I'm above and not beneath, I hate that up. Somebody look at somebody and say, sit at the table and eat. The old folk used to say, sit at the table where the feast of the Lord is going on. I'm telling you, if my foot didn't hurt, I feel like running all over here. I'm telling you, when you eat for yourself, it's different. It's different. <laughs> Somebody asked me one time, Pastor Brandon, why you preach with so much conviction? Why you preach so hard? Because I ate for myself, and I want other people to eat at this table so they know for themselves that God is real and he's meant to be encountered. Give me the last verse, Deb. Jesus said this. I gotta go. Give me the next one. Jesus said this, I'm done. Jesus said to them, my food. Now that I ate, my food. What keeps me hungry is to do the will of him who sent me. When I ate up the fact that the gospel came to save me, and to save me from where I am and realize that, listen, God has so much better for me than what I could even think of what the world has to offer. Now my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That's how I stay. Oh, my God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But not only just hearing, you got to digest it for yourself. And when you digest it for yourself, you begin to know that, listen, I'm going to finish this until the day of Christ because what keeps me fueled is the word of God and to do his will is what fuels me. Hey! 
Ah, praise your name, Jesus. Ah, when you taste it for yourself. Woo, Jesus. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember it like it was yesterday in August of 2001. At the age of eight years old, I heard the voice from heaven that say, if you give me your life, I will do things in your life, Brandon, that you would have never experienced. And because of that conviction, at the age of eight years old, I can stand here today knowing that God did not lie. Because I've been places I never thought I would be. I've done things and accomplished things before 30. I never thought I would do. God has been good to me. Yes! Yes! I'll tell it to my generation. God is good. to me. When I look at my son, God did good to me. When I look at my wife, God did good to me. When I look all of my life, God did good to me. This is not a game to me. This is not a game to me. I don't play games with God. This is not play church. This is serious business. Because when you get people to eat at the table, you can't force them to eat. They got experience for themselves. And if you refuse the meal, that's your fault. That's not mine. <laughs> you got family you've been praying for. It ain't your fault why they not. You can put them around the table, but they got to eat for themselves. And if you don't want to eat, I'm not going to force you to do nothing. Because guess what? I'm walking on my own salvation in fear and trembling. And I don't owe you nothing. Only thing is, all I have to give you it's Jesus himself. This is walking and living by your spiritual sense. And I don't stop eating. You don't stop eating. You got to come back to the table and keep getting fed. You got to keep coming to the table. What is your food? One is the word of God. Two, your food is to do the will of him who sent you. In your industry, do the will of him who sent you. You ain't just been sent to nobody's church. You've been sent in this marketplace. Do the will of him who sent you. 
and do it well. If you in business, real estate, anything, do it well. May you smell like the fragrance of Christ. Do it well. Show people that the people of God excel on a whole nother level of integrity. If you got an idea, go with the fuel of the word of God and take that idea from your brain. Put that thing on paper and see it all the way through. Are you hearing what I say to you? This ain't the time for you to get complacent and oh, I'm good in life with Christ. Nah, I'm challenging all of us, including myself. It's time to go to another level. You can't get away with what you've been doing at this next level of life. This requires too much more. Too much stakes are on the line. Your lifeline and your generation lifeline is on the basis of your decisions. And I'm calling everybody to come into a new commitment with Christ. Let's take it up a level. Let's really live by the spirit, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that people can come to this table and they can eat. Hallelujah. Lord God, I tell you that you seal the word of God in your people's hearts today. I thank you for this glory that is in this room now. And I sense in my spirit today that there's hearts that are hungry for more than what this life has to offer. Hallelujah. There's more that's on this table out here, Lord. Hallelujah. And we decree and declare by the power of God. Stir up your people's souls for good works today, God. I pray, God, you stir up the hearts of those who are scared, those who got fear in them. And, God, you give them a spirit of courage today because the soul lives in fear. The spirit man lives in power. Hallelujah, love, and has a sound mind today. And I thank you today, Jesus. I glorify you today because I'm not going to live below my original design. My design was to live by the spirit and that the spirit man would have dominion over my flesh and so today God we commend ourselves to you oh God it's not just a talk oh God but allow our hearts to align to you today in the name of Jesus God God we thank you even right now because Lord I believe it right now you are stirring up people for this day you're stirring up this people called TCF then you're stirring them up in the marketplace you're stirring them up oh God I decree and declare deals, contracts, in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare, God, you're taking what they have in their hands and you're elevated to another level. I decree and declare that the power of God is arresting it, even right now. I decree and declare you will not go down. You will not go below. You will raise above all of your family line. You will raise above all of your family in the name of Jesus Christ, I decree and declare it now. I decree and declare it starts with you. In the name of Jesus, God. Come on, speak to God in this moment. Empty mouths don't get fed. Open your mouth.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, do it right now, God. Do it right now, God. Do it right now, God, for us. Oh, my God, we call upon the name of the Lord today. We call upon you today. I pray, God, unstop the ears of your people today. Unstop their ears today. In the name of Jesus, may they listen to you on how to navigate in this world. I decree and declare you're shifting people in industry. You're shifting people spiritually today. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.